You're listening to the Stream Grace Network. Hi, kids. Welcome in. It's time for another edition of Scatter Shooting. I'm your genial host, Randy Renner. And I'm Jeremy Griffin. This is the show, of course, where we talk about anything and everything worldly and out of this world. My favorite parts. I know, me too, but uh, we, we've we not seen yet the uh, report from uh, the Pentagon, the CIA, the Defense Department, whoever all is investigating this about UFOs. I, know. I haven't seen that yet. It's frustrating. We're still in a holding pattern. You know, it would be it would be just like them to wait until the end of June. Yeah. Uh, to put that out instead of the 1st of June. So how's it, is it a report uh, to, delivered to Congress and then... Yes, it's supposed yeah. to be uh, delivered to Congress. They kind of snuck it in uh, as a part of the one of those uh, COVID relief bills. Relief, uh, bills. The only uh, fat on the uh, yeah, right, meat right. that I'm happy right, about. Right. <laughs> and that fat didn't cost us anything, by the way. There you go. Uh, so I'm, as I think many people are, fascinated to see what's in there. Because supposedly... But of course, I don't know how you're going to prove this. Supposedly, they're going to reveal Aliens. what they know yeah. a, a, about all of this. But you know, if you if it's not in there, <laughs> you know, if something like hey, you know, we don't know what this is, or or they're not men from right. wherever, how do you how are you going to sit there and go hmm? Yeah. Well, of course they wouldn't lie to us. <laughs> I know. That's the funny thing about this whole situation. It reminds me of what I teach people about integrity and character, right? I mean, and it's weird that I teach people that, by the way. <laughs> it was instilled in me, but apparently yeah. I just, yeah. No, but I, it's like what I used to tell my kids, you know, if I catch them in a lie, I assume they've lied to me 20 times. If they own up to a lie, I assume they've probably lied to me 10 times, <laughs> you know, but but the, the you know and, and maybe not that much but you know what i'm saying and i think that's the problem with the government is what there's there's a no win situation here right so cuz here's what's going to likely happen the government comes out and i'm going to assume the scenario is you know they're going to talk that there is something like they're not going to come out and go well here's the report nothing's happening <laughs> They're not going to say that. Yeah, and, I, I wouldn't. Uh, I, I I wouldn't think they would do that either. Right. So let's say they come out and say, um, you know, here's what we know. We we don't know 100 percent sure if it's you know other countries or you know something. Well, there people are not going to believe that. They're going to go, oh, they're still covering it up. You know. So that's going to be me because well, I, sure. I, I think you know at this point based on what we've seen. Right. Uh, you know, with all the leaked footage that's uh, out there, there's something, something. is going on. Yeah. I mean, you know, you can't really deny that. You right. know, they, they, we're well beyond the excuse of, well, we think it was probably just a weather balloon. Right. You know, they can't do that. But what they could do is just say, you know what? Yes, something was there. We haven't seen anything like this before. And quite frankly, we don't know what it is. Yeah. And that's fine. They can say that. But I think... I guess that's my point. Unless they come out and say, yeah, there's aliens. We've been working with them for years. Here's their names. Some, I don't think they're going to do that they're either. Not, I no, think it's they're not. But it falls somewhere in between. Yeah. No matter what they do, though, there's there's still going to be people going, nope, they're still not telling the truth. No matter, sure. even if they told, like, let's just say they told the truth and that's what it was. They'd be like, yeah, they're still coming out. There's still more to the story. I mean, I, I want to be, I mean, I'm a conspiracy guy, but, you know. Cause, cause why, why, why does a bill have anything like, come on, you know what I'm saying? Like they're not, I don't care. <laughs> they're they're going to appease. Well, I, I, I think they're going to do what they, and, and by they, uh, you know, I'm talking about the government or the majestic 12, the majestic Illuminati. 12, the Illumina, the shadow <laughs> government, I, whatever you want to, whatever you label you want to put on it. Right. They are going to do what they believe is in their best interest yeah. or or if not totally their best interest what will hurt them the least right uh in in revealing some of this yeah uh but it's just kind of uh, the, the whole thing is interesting uh to me that 
at least now we have finally gotten to the point where at least we're going to get something something yeah from the government of, of, about this and um and when whatever that is what whatever that is um it could it could be either really scary or you know just one of those things that'll be the reaction will be relatively mild and it'll be interesting to see what the reaction is from people like what you said there's certainly going to be people who will go yeah they're not telling us the whole thing and then you know there'll be other uh, people who uh who knows what their reaction to it might be right um you know especially if if they say something like you know we believe we've uncovered evidence that this has been going on not just for the past 20 years or 40 years, but we've uncovered evidence that suggests this has been going on for centuries. Yeah. Then you, if that's the case, then, and we've talked about some of this on on this podcast, then you begin to wonder, hmm, could they then have been around it when the pyramids were constructed in Egypt? You know, we talked about, I think, last week or a couple of weeks ago, and some of the other things that have been found around the world that are so intricately constructed. Oh yeah, they're, dude. Uh, and uh, where you know you think about it, and you're like, just, how did just a the civilization? Yeah, yeah. Mo- moving a fifty ton rock. Right. Things. I mean, it's like, I, come on. Like you, you didn't have machines. Right. So you had people. Wow. That I mean, we know of. I mean, you know. Well, this, would have had well, a really no, nifty machine from Mars, for all I know. And I that's mean, my hey. point. And here's the funny thing. I mean, if you think of it in the grand scheme of things, like, okay, if if in fact we have alien technology, we have to recognize that, you know, just look at our last hundred years. We've talked about this too. Our last hundred years worth of technolo- technological advancement. Man, you'd you'd have to find a species on the right in the sweet spot of just figuring out the tech. And we like if we met them today, and they're like, "Yeah, dude, we just got this like four years ago, and we made it here." <laughs> like, no, they if they're if they're here, if if that's in fact the case, aliens have probably been here that whole time. But they, it's likely because of just the math of it all. If a race exists, like think of it this way too. There's a lot of speculation that if there are. Um, beings on other planets especially within the spiritual plane of things like when people think in those terms and creationalists that accept the idea of life on other planets that they're likely human evolved humanity basically or adapted depending on your (laughs) politics but (laughs) yeah that's a whole other story anyway so um you know there's been different uh you know interviews that people you know question the validity of but basically that um the grays are essentially humanoid right we've talked about this from a standpoint of uh, mars seeding earth like the adaptation and extrapolation as the human race merges becomes rather gray looking in terms of the description of the grays and stuff so if that's the case, then yeah, they've been here for thousands and thousands of years. That would make more sense because for that evolution to take place, it didn't happen yesterday, right? Right. So they had that kind of technology for a long, long time. Plus, if you look at the UFO pictures today and the UFO pictures, you know, like they they look like a 1970s flying saucer. I, I'm not seeing any new models. And I'm, I think part of it is <laughs> they didn't have any government bailouts. <laughs> It's, so they're, they're still running on old tech right now. Okay. The, the spaceships that are here have been here. Like, they've been running on old they tech. Do, they do look uh, somewhat familiar, yes. Yeah. I mean, it's the same one that, that uh, What's-His-Face saw out at Mount Rainier. I mean, uh, it's... Right. Yeah, same going, tech. Going all the way back to, uh, uh, you know, all those movies uh, oh, in yeah. the 50s. The you spaceship know, Earth, the, all, all that kind of well, stuff. Even, the day the Earth stood still. Yeah, exactly. We have come to tell you a race of humans. Blah, blah, blah. So, yeah, well, and even paintings, you know, from the Renaissance that show UFOs. Let's, let, I mean, just just that alone. That mm-hmm. alone. Yeah, and all the uh, all all the drawings uh, in caves, all the drawings within the pyramids, all right. the drawings. Uh, down in uh, 
in Mexico, the Inca drawings, Aztec drawings, some of the drawings on caves in Colorado and Wyoming, right. and, you know, places like Hopi that. Hopi Indian stuff. Hopi, yeah. Yes, that you know, with the uh, with the with the right open mind, you can look at that and go, hmm, that kind of looks like a guy in a spacesuit. Uh-huh. It kind of looks like a rocket. It kind of looks like. Right. You know, I think the bigger picture in that, even if you didn't want to extrapolate and say it's a guy in a rocket or say it's a guy in a spacesuit suit, what is it? I mean, yeah, his, right. Historically, you can look at that. They don't have those, you know, images just all over the place. And all of a sudden you have like, here's them represented in the cave drawing. And then right. there's this other being that's clearly in some other setup. Right. Yeah. Now, you know, it could just be a bunch of guys really high on peyote, but uh, probably uh, both. Maybe. Why both. not? Right. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm just, you know, my my thing is, I'm. I am not at all close-minded when it comes to things like. I like to think that I'm not close-minded in regards to most things, certainly. Yeah. But I'm certainly very open-minded when it comes to stuff like this, because because right now we don't know for sure, right, at all, anything about this. Yeah, and. Uh, so I mean, you know, I'm I'm like, well, you know, hey, uh, maybe the this doesn't exist at all. I mean, that's a possibility, but maybe they've been around literally for thousands, tens of thousands of years. Yeah, longer than that. I think it's you know, true. you you mentioned the you know Mars seeding this planet. I mean, I, from what we know about Mars, and and from what's been revealed you know, with the rovers that are up there now and all the tremendous video and photos that, you know, they sent back, that Mars at one time was very much Earth-like. Oh, yeah. And it's still in and, the Goldilocks zone as it sits right now. Right. Uh, and then something happened. Well, who's to say that, you know, uh, thousands and thousands of years ago... They elected Democrats? And everything went to heck. <laughs> Darn right. But some, some people escaped and came to Earth to uh, get away from the, the loony liberal Democrats who uh, were destroying the planet. But a few of those escaped and made it here on the second wave. <laughs> there you know, it is. We're, we're chuckling, but you know that could very well be what happened. Well, right. How do you know, right? You don't know mm-hmm. until you know. That's right. How do you know? Yeah. And so that 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 to me has always been one of the things that has fascinated me the most about all of this. Because you don't know. Yeah. You know, so all of all of the opportunities, all of the possibilities, they're still there. Right. You know, I, I mean, in my opinion, they're they're still you're there nothing is really settled. Mm-mm. We just don't know. Yeah. And I don't know, part of the is bummed by that. The other part of me is like, all right, that's cool. But I want to know, Randy. I know. I, I, yeah, I do too. And I, I think we, that's why I'm, again, like we've talked, fascinated about what's going to be in the report that's going to come out. And yeah. will it be, when the report comes out, will it look like this piece of paper here with that I'm showing with, you yeah. with nothing redacted? No redactions. No redactions, yeah. just a piece of paper with a lot of, typing on it and that sort of thing and nothing is blacked out or will it be something you know because i've seen certain back in my actual reporting days when you'd file a freedom of information act and get documents from somebody right and it would come back and i'm like really okay (laughs) where's the information yeah it would just be all blacked out you know there'd be a couple of things on there that didn't really give you anything yeah and it's like okay but i don't think it'll be that way i don't think it'll be full of redactions i would imagine it will have some but i think there'll be enough information in there where you know you know we'll at least be able to you know feel like we've gotten 
some information yeah. out. Yeah, I think we've been, to me, the, the Tic Tac videos from the Navy and some of the stuff we've been seeing over the last several years mm-hmm. are little appetizers. I think mm-hmm. we're about to get an entree. Mm-hmm. I'm just ready for dessert. Yeah, that, that's 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 definitely what uh, what I'm thinking. And so, you know, we'll see what, what happens. And mm-hmm. I, you know, I don't know. I, I guess they've just kind of left it open-ended because I've not heard of a specific date when this report is due, you know, when it came out, it was something like, you know, we want this report within six months, six months from, you know, and we're June is six months. months, Yeah. But I I haven't heard that it's, you know, it'll be delivered to Congress on, you know, June 17th or, you know, whatever. I haven't heard a date. Hmm. And so my guess right now is they'll probably push it till the end of the month just to, mess with everybody well that's fine we got plenty of things to talk about <sighs> yes well and, and before we get into some of the stuff that's been going on with the government and uh mm-hmm. covid and all like this uh you uh were on a, a pretty nifty adventure here over the weekend yes and, i was uh, the last several days you were in a big uh, paintball uh Event. festival event we'll whatever it uh, was, in wisconsin and you did some <laughs> other fun things yes it was a great trip um so for the uninitiated these are called uh these paintball events are called big games or big games or scenarios paintball scenarios okay and uh that's where we go out and we in the format that i play is limited paint or mag fed so it's not a bunch of round balls in a hopper okay it is um, magazine fed just like a regular gun and the, the rounds that i shoot are actually shaped projectiles that have paint on the tip of them but they have a fin on the back so if you look up what a uh, first strike round you that's exactly what i use but if you look up like a 12 gauge slug it looks just like that except it's not made of lead okay okay <laughs> which we're all grateful for <laughs> i would imagine so yeah. yes but uh yeah, really cool field right up my alley. It's called Apocalypse Paintball, so of course I'm all about it, right? And it was in uh, Wisconsin, so. And you were up in the uh, kind of around the Wisconsin Dells, yes. that uh, area, yep. kind um, of northwest of Milwaukee and mm-hmm. north of Madison. Yeah, it was north of Madison, about forty-five minutes north of Madison. Um, I've heard it's really pretty up there. It is, is pretty. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, it's nice. It's it's got mountain well hills yeah they do skiing you know and stuff oh, yeah, but yeah. but you know when you're thinking you know for oklahomans we don't we have we have mountains and then we have hills and they're radically for us mountain is the rockies you know we actually <laughs> you know? one thing that we have do you know that in oklahoma and eastern oklahoma we have the world's highest hill <laughs> no the world I, i'm not joking i, mean, I don't think you're thing. joking i just think it's sad that we are excited about it not you uh, but yes, the, as the, a state the world's you know. highest hill hill what makes a hill a hill man-made or something or what well what makes a mountain a mountain is two thousand feet mm. anything below that so we technically have technically is a hill so we have a 1999 foot hill it's called Cavanaugh hill and it's just outside poto poto in uh, far eastern oklahoma I've been on top of Cavanaugh Hill. That's the whole wow. reason I know that it's the world's highest hill. Or, well, at least people in Poto call it the world's highest <laughs> hill. I mean, there may be another one out there that's 1,999.4 whatever, <laughs> whatever. Uh, feet uh, high. Wow. But, uh, yeah, they promote that as uh, world, the world's highest hill, Cavanaugh wow, Hill. that's fantastic. Just uh, kind of on the, on the west side of poto america well i'm gonna we're gonna have to do a remote recording from the top of poto well you know from the top of scenic cavanaugh hill you can see across (laughs) poto (laughs) the booming metropolis all that yeah so yeah so they have they have nice hills like a ski lift bias of course nothing was snow covered but uh but here's the cool thing so i i desperately wanted a giordano's pizza Oh, I remember. Yeah. Yes, we talked we about talked this. talked about that before you left. So there's two ways from Oklahoma City, two basic ways to get to this, you know, location in Wisconsin. You can go up through uh, Missouri and St. Louis and then head north through Illinois. But Illinois' gun laws is uh, a bit, you know, leaves a little bit to be desired. Um, yeah, it's strange how so many people get killed by guns in Illinois when they have the... It is particularly weird. Particularly in Chicago 
where they have such strict gun laws. You know what? In fact, it's it's interesting because you have more rights as an Oklahoman with their gun laws than you do as a resident of Illinois, which I find kind of interesting because if it if it's legal for you to carry in your home state, then you can go through the state with a loaded weapon on your person. You just if you leave the car, you have to leave it locked up in the car or in a box or something. So Anyway, you can't, that, that's not the option. You can't get a permit in Illinois, I don't guess. I don't, I don't know all the details, but I just know that it's like, wow, that's less restrictive. But anyway, so if you look at Giordano's Pizza, there's like, I don't know, 25, 30 places in, uh-huh. in Illinois. Okay. One in Wisconsin, which was in Kenosha. We weren't really going to be anywhere near Kenosha. Kenosha is really by Chicago. So we didn't want to do that. But there was one in Des Moines, Iowa. So we and took, you were going to go right through the right. wine by taking the, the northern the, route. Uh, yeah, yeah. So we did, and it was uh, two miles off the interstate. So Pretty convenient. We hopped right off. I had uh, Giordano's Pizza. The small, deep-dish pizza, we had three pieces left between me and my buddy. It's the smallest one you can get that's the deep dish. That takes 45 minutes to eat, and we couldn't couldn't get the last three pieces eaten a small a small yeah the small small says it feeds two to three people and uh, you'd have to be really hungry and i what like i didn't eat i mean i intentionally didn't eat because i knew seven hours into this trip i was gonna have this so yeah so i got my giordano's pizza that was fantastic we get to wisconsin and uh and we decide we we went up to green bay before the the paintball event so neither one of us had ever been uh, to Wisconsin. I'd been to Wisconsin before. I've been to Kenosha, but I hadn't really been to around. I was there for a wedding and really I was staying in Chicago. So right. went up to Green Bay, went and did the Lambeau Field Tour and uh, I had my grilled cheese sandwich at the 1919 uh, restaurant pub thing there. Now is that, and uh, uh, you've talked about that, is that a special thing for uh well the green bay or or was cheeses cheeses yes and yes. so i so that was my thing it's like okay, okay well this is a grilled cheese three different okay. cheeses in wisconsin cool. you got to do and of course the 1919 is i guess where the team was founded or something i feel like yeah that would right. be about right yeah, yeah yeah but i learned some history you know i'm not a big I, I hate the nfl because of their political uh affiliations and stuff but um but the history of green bay the process and that and, the, you know, I've heard this, but I didn't know what was behind it, but the city owning the team, that's a really cool thing. Right, right. That makes me like it's Green the only, Bay. <laughs> as far as I know, it's the only franchise uh, in sports in the United States and maybe the world. Owned by the people? Yeah, owned by the people. Yeah, now, yeah. I mean, you know, they have a kind of a hierarchy there. Sure. But, but just regular yeah. citizens, you know, have shares in in the team yeah it's really and cool it's it is it's owned by people of, of green bay or packer fans i don't right. think you necessarily have to live oh in yeah green bay no. but maybe you do i don't i don't uh, think you do but well and here's the thing that's really cool though they, they have a museum right there at lambeau field they the tour guide was great i, I paid for the tour tour is really pretty cheap I don't remember what it's like under 20 bucks and you get access to the maybe just over 20 you get access to the um the museum pretty much all day um and then they take you out on the field tell you some stuff and let you go not on the field but out you know in the bowl and so yeah i got to do that it was really cool um you know learned about their expansion projects they got old school bleachers and they're going to leave them that way i mean it's part of the you know draw um but yeah, finding out, you know, because for the for those who aren't really big sports fans, but the, the Super Bowl trophy is called the Vince Lombardi trophy. Sure, yeah. And he was a pretty impactful coach. He was. <laughs> Green Bay. He I sat they, at the museum. They had a mock-up of his desk. I sat at his desk and made some deals. I had pictures of that. Very so. cool. Yeah. Very cool. So it was really neat. Enjoyed that. And, you know, this is the thing I always tell people, like, people often ask me like you're going out of town to play paintball it just seems weird and i'm like people go out of town to play golf and and it's for very much the same reasons you know you live in a town and they have x amount of golf courses and you play them and you're like well there it is (laughs) that's that's the field or that's the course right same with paintball so these paintball events that get you traveling around the country two things i love about it the first thing is yeah it's a different field and pretty much every field outside of this state is awesome 
um, outside of the outside state. of the state. The ones. So are in you the saying state, there's, there's not a whole lot of really great ones here? I am saying that there okay. is one. There's a good one uh, up in Guthrie, but it's even that one by comparison to these other ones. I mean, by comparison to the fields in Oklahoma, yeah, it's pretty much top dog, right? But, um, but yeah, when you start comparing it to Texas fields. And all right, well, let me else. ask you this. Yeah. What makes a good paintball a, field? Yes. Well, that depends on the person. So there's a bunch of different kinds of paintball. Speedball is probably the most prominent, and that's basically played on a really, like, I don't know how big it is, but we'll just call it half a size of a football field, probably. And it's a bunch of blow up bunkers, and you run and slide, and lots of paint flings. We play scenario paintball where you're handed missions, you have two sides divided up, uh, red and blue, typically. Um, and so Republicans against Democrats is what you're saying. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> I was red this time around. Okay. <laughs> I'm not did, you, did you bag a lot of blues there, buddy? <sighs> I did actually. I, I did. Um, <laughs> yeah, but, uh, so in ours, you, you do get handed missions and they're detailed missions, very detailed. You gotta okay. go like, um, there's some great ones that now we'll say from a scenario standpoint, probably the best game right now going on is put on by a team in Texas called the Texas night stalkers. And they just started doing stuff and it's a close, I say the best from a standpoint of props, um, that I've been to. And I know there's a game out in uh, California called dominion that we've wanted to go to, but it, we plan on going, but it got shut down because of COVID last year it's played in Corona, California. <laughs> and so we didn't get to go. Uh, uh, yeah. So, but what they, that field has a bunch of great props too, cause they have access to Hollywood props. So they, sure, they yeah, can use okay. some great stuff. Okay. But in Texas, uh, there's a, there's a game called conquering hell that I play every year. It's great, great game. Um, and then the, this other one, I can't, I think it's called Texas revolution. Anyway, they've got some really neat props where you're dismantling uh, EIDs that if you do it wrong, it'll blow it use. It's a smoke grenade. So it just starts blowing smoke. Uh, some use paint grenades, but if you cut the wrong wire, you get killed. And so, yeah. so it, it's not just a thing where you and a bunch of guys go out and you're firing paintballs at each other. There's strategy involved Tons here. There it, is yeah. a goal involved here. You said you have yeah. mission scenarios. So yeah. that you're going out to conquer something well you get points for every portion of missions completed and so it's a points game you get no points for killing people so shooting another person doesn't give you any points it helps you complete your mission and that's why you do it because when you shoot somebody they got to respawn and that takes time so um yeah so you got to go complete those missions so for example one mission i was on an event not this last one but one where you're disarming the eids or ieds um the first one I went to disarm and it disarmed me. <laughs> so that didn't work. Well, there was two more. So what you have to do is first off, you've got to get the tools that you need, which are somewhere on a 20 acre field. So you got to find, really? yes, with wow. lots of structures, things like that. So you got to find the tools. Then you have to find the diagram, which is somewhere else on the field that tells you how to disarm it. Then you got to find the IEDs and then you've got to successfully disarm them all while other people are shooting at you. So it's not, it's not a pushover thing. In fact, nobody ever completes all the missions. It just doesn't happen. So your commanders that are strategizing all this, they have to, which I've done that before too, and I don't like it, but, <laughs> but those guys have to direct traffic. So in this event we had, it was probably 70 on 70. Um, on wow. And so teams were divided up pretty evenly. Um, but what makes a great field uh, for me, uh, change in terrain and structure. And this field was cool because it was rel in a relatively small area. You had a swamp that was a legit swamp. It had uh, railroad ties, bridge like bridges that would get you out to an island kind of in the middle of the swamp. Had three access points, a really nice place to battle. It had a huge castle that's like five times the size of my home. Multi-story. It had great wooded area. It looked like the forest moon of Endor from return of the Jedi. <laughs> it's like really tall trees. Um, so all of these things crammed together. So close, lots of dug in tunnels. That was really cool trenches and then tunnels that were dug underground. That was kind of Vietnamish vibe. Wow. Yeah. And so all of that so close that you can actually play through all of those pieces into each other and then straight up wood areas, wooded areas that are just woods. Um, had a big fort that, 
yeah i mean it's just it's really great so had a great time great people that community is a really cool group of people because they man they're all walks of life from all over the country some from other countries i don't know if this one had anybody from other countries but uh yeah it was a lot of fun but up uh, there you get some uh, canadians yo yeah uh right now we don't because of the uh, borders and oh yeah <laughs> but you know i mean a lot of people who who know me know i went to canada in 2019 to play an event and it was kind of the same thing de- decommissioned military hospital Oh. So you playing through three three story buildings? Wow! And just the outside of those buildings, and same kind of deal, missions, and yeah, it's fun. Well, it does. It sounds like it sounds like just a wonderful time. It really is, and it's a great disconnect because sure. when you get out on the field, you're not thinking about literally anything except not getting hit by another paintball and trying to accomplish a mission. So it's just kind of like immersing yourself in a high uh, intensity situation that really doesn't matter <laughs> you don't really you know what i mean like worst case scenario you get shot and you walk back you know it's not like a yeah. big deal right but um so when you do that your mind doesn't have time to sit there and ch- think about the email you didn't check or you know what's going on somewhere else so it's a really good escape and it builds some great great teamwork uh problem solving you know you think about the escape rooms like all of those elements are there you've got to figure out what's needing to be accomplished and uh, we use lots of radios to communicate. We did win. Our team won in a very dominant way, as a matter of fact. They usually will tell you the score at the end of a game. They didn't. They just announced a winner. <laughs> so I found out later it's because the score is pretty embarrassing. So, wow. And we did. Well, good we, job. Yeah, it worked out good. Now, the, the team that you were on, mm-hmm. did you, I, you knew, you went up there with a buddy. Was he on the team? Yes. Or was he on? Okay. Yeah, and then so, the, the other people, did you know them at all? Or do you just get kind of all thrown together when everybody gets there and they go, you're on this team, you're on that team, Typically, et cetera, et cetera. Typically, the games in America, you sign up to be on one team or the other and there's a recruitment process. So there's a, they name a general for a team. They usually get a, it's about a year out. So you know about these games pretty far in advance. Okay. And that guy, that commander, he starts recruiting. And so we have an organized team here in Oklahoma. We got about 30, 30 some odd people on our team. So he reaches out to me um, and he says, Hey, we'd love to have you on our team. And usually I just commit one way or the other. I'm supposed to talk to my team, but they don't care. So, <laughs> so I'll just, you know, say, okay, if we play this event, sure, we'll play, play on your side. <clears throat> and so you kind of have that uh, on the front end. So you have your, your local team, you know, your team of guys, and then you are a part of the bigger team. In this case, when we travel, we usually don't travel. I mean, two is pretty normal for us. Sometimes we, we've had, like we went to Canada, we had six players. Um, but, we team up a lot with guys from Texas because we play a lot with guys from Texas. So, so that's what we did this time around. Um, two guys from Texas, a Texas team that we play with a lot went up. And so we hung out with them and um, teamed up with some guys from, we all kind of knew each other from online. Uh, so MagFed, Florida. Um, I guess we were with California, Chicago, Florida, and Texas and Oklahoma. So those, those guys, usually what happens and, it, and I don't know if this is on purpose or not, but usually what happens is if whatever state you're in, the people from that state typically are on one side and everybody from out of state are on another side. Okay. It yeah. just happens a lot like that. It's not always the case, but. I, and I can understand because you may have, you probably m- maybe know the guys from your particular state a little bit better right. because you've seen them around at other events and stuff like that. And, and uh, I would imagine in this, there's got to be some, element of trust uh, involved you know when you're doing some of these detailed things you know and and working on on, uh, some of these missions that you know kind of what to expect from your team yeah it's it's definitely uh you know like i said it's one of those things i i certainly wouldn't compare it to to military in terms of the intensity right sure (laughs) but uh you know it's military light and i don't you know a lot of people go and it's it's not really a role-playing thing like usually that's in airsoft there's a lot more military simulation stuff for us it's really just a strategic approach it's like playing chess in real life you have to really think about your approach and how you're trying to accomplish something and you get a lot of do-overs i mean if you try something and get shot out you come back in and you try it a different way right so it's 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 fun well, I uh, my weekend was not uh, all that uh, eventful, uh, but I you know it was still um, I went down to the Bricktown Ballpark, 
I watched some uh, baseball down there. Went down and watched the OSU uh, Texas game in the um, semifinal round of the Big Twelve uh, tournament. My Who boys, won? my boys won. Good deal. Uh, and uh, so that was very exciting. Went down there with an old buddy of mine from uh, college. So uh, we had a we had a blast. And, uh, there's you know in typical Big Twelve fashion. And anybody that knows me know I knows I, I think the Big Twelve pretty much is run by a pack of idiots. But <laughs> and I don't know if this was Big Twelve driven or Oklahoma City Dodger uh, driven or you know somebody came in off the street and said uh, you know uh, why don't we do it right there that way right there right there let's do it that way. Uh, even though both OU and and OSU. And uh, and most of the teams in the big in the Big Twelve, I think, as far as I know, at this point now, <clears throat> have opened their facilities a hundred percent. The Breakdown Ballpark was open at fifty percent, and they had tickets divided up in uh, pods, pods of two, pods of four, and things like that. So, I go down there. Me and my buddy, we go down there. He drives because he had gotten a new uh, uh, vehicle and he wanted to show me all the whiz bangs. It's even got more than my car. Wow. So I thought my car had a lot of whiz bangs. I was going to say, I thought you were the going to take off one day to Mars. Um, yeah, but uh, his, his has all kinds of stuff. So uh, we're driving down there. We get down to the ballpark. I jump out at the ticket office to get uh, tickets and he goes to you know park his uh, vehicle. And uh, we're going up, and I'm hearing people kind of chatter about, oh, you know, you got to buy four tickets, or they run out of the, you know, and I'm like, well, this doesn't, none of this makes any sense. Uh, so I get up to the uh, ticket window, and I say, yeah, I need, uh, I need two tickets. You know, do you have any left in the uh, lower level? And uh, they said, well, no, actually, because we're in the pod that we don't, we don't have, we don't have two seats anywhere. They said, now we can get you in uh, the outfield out on the grass on the berm out there. And I was like, you don't, I mean, what? You don't have two tickets, you know, it's, well, we, you know, we have, we're just down to pods of four. And so I'm like, so, so if there's two of us. <laughs> and so if I want to get us in, I need to buy four tickets. Is that kind of what you're saying? Mm, yeah, yeah, that's that's what we're saying. And I'm like, sounds like a pretty good scam, but okay, well, yeah, I'll take four tickets. And uh, but I got them in the second deck, the terrace, you oh, know, they're yeah. on the uh, third base side because oh, they yeah. were a little less expensive. I'm like, well, if I'm gonna buy four tickets instead of two, let me get a slightly cheaper anyway. Right, right. So I get the I get the four tickets. And I'm thinking, well, you know, hey, on the good side, at least we'll have a little room to stretch out. Yeah. You know, you're not jammed in there. And so I'm like, okay. And so we go up there. It's, you know, it's great seats, great day. Go down. And this is, you know, the OSU game ended up starting about one because there was a nine o'clock game. And uh, in between game, and it's so it's noon, basically, when we got down there. I go and I and I you know I'm at a ballpark so I want to get a hot dog and a beer, so we go go to the concession stand and I'm like yeah let me have a uh, let me have a, a hot dog and a, and a beer, this is at noon. Wow. And they said mm, we're out of hot dogs. You're out of hot dogs at noon. That's almost exactly what I said wow. <laughs> because I couldn't quite believe what I was hearing, and I said you're out of hot. How about a Dodger? You got no. We're out of all of that, and I, you're totally out. And then it was like, well, we're not really out. We're out of cooked ones, so we're <laughs> we're trying to get you know some cooked up. <sighs> Man, and so I, I I was like, well, can I get a you know? And I I said, well, I, can I get you know, one of these, uh, it was a Koopa Ale uh, Amber, you know, I said, can I get one of those? Well, well, we're switching out the, uh, you know, I, it's, and so I, I wow. didn't want to get into it because I know, you know, it's probably not that guy's fault. Yeah. So I'm not going to get That's into true. it, you know, but I was just like, you know what? I'll come back later. <laughs> but I, of course I'm thinking this is the semifinal round of the big 12 tournament. Right, <laughs> right. 
there have been big crowds down there the whole week. Yeah. I'm like, this is, it's noon. You're out of hot dogs yeah. and you're out of beer. Wow. How in the hell does that happen? <laughs> That's what I wanted to say. But I just was like, I was just thinking it because That's again, like, yeah. the, the person who was at, you know, it's not, I'm sure it's not their fault. It's some whatever idiot who was in charge of the darn thing. It's their fault. So I'm sitting here going, <laughs> number one, I had to buy four tickets to get two people in here and now they're out of freaking food. Right. So I went was, to spaghetti I warehouse. I was not happy. I, w I went to spaghetti <laughs> warehouse for my prom. So many years ago. I mean, it doesn't even exist now, but this is maybe why. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I go, to, I go to Spaghetti Warehouse for my prom. It's so it's me and Lori, and then uh, I don't remember who we were with, but just it's two couples, <laughs> and I and I ordered spaghetti, and they were out. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, wait a minute, and I literally this is Spaghetti yes, Warehouse. I literally said, <laughs> wait a minute, <laughs> you're Spaghetti Warehouse. How are you out of spaghetti? And they're like, yeah, we're out of spaghetti, man. <laughs> I can get you a hamburger. No, they didn't say that. But I'm thinking for real. Like you're just. Can you just go back to the warehouse part and get some more? Right, because you're kind of thinking it's spaghetti warehouse, and 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 the one in Bricktown is in a huge it's building, and right. so you got to be thinking, well, okay, you're just out of cooked spaghetti. You're, you you right. just walk down the hall here to the yeah. warehouse and yeah, get exactly. some spaghetti out yeah. of the spaghetti warehouse. I had lasagna. <sighs> I know you know that's just it's just like me going to a ballpark. Right. At a ballpark, you're out of hot dogs and beer. Yeah, how can that happen? I went to Starbucks and I said, so, "Can I have a cup of coffee?" Like we're out of coffee. Uh, we're out of coffee. Oh, we can get you a beer though. <laughs> yeah, well, all right, man. I don't well, know when you made that. When so I was it. when I was down at the brick, they probably could have gotten me a cup of coffee. <laughs> but it's so. noon on a Saturday. I'm not wanting to drink coffee. I'm wanting right. to have a hot dog and a beer. Was it not raining? No, it ended up, no, it was, the day started off a, kind of a little cloudy, but it didn't rain at all, yeah. and it ended up being nothing but sunshine. That's well, not nice. a cloud in the sky, that's how I got kind of roasty and toasty, got a little bit of a sunburn, and a couple guys had trouble fielding pop-ups because they were looking up, no. you know, it was noon, but right. early afternoon, so on a, especially a pop-up, and especially with no clouds around, you know, yeah. it's can be difficult and then the you're having to look something kind of right into the sun and trying to find mm. the ball and it can be a little difficult well this has been you know 40 minutes of a pretty mild-mannered uh you know podcast for us right except when i got excited here at the end about no hot dogs and beer well, in the right, ball game. right right but so are you but telling that me that you're are you about to ramp things up a, well a little bit you here, know Mr. our Ripper? last our last episode was jeremy rants <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and you got a couple of really good ones. I, you know, here's so my wife has pulled me into the world of TikTok, and I know she doesn't listen oh to this, God. but let's just say if she did listen, I would be saying I'd be cursing her even now, and she knows that every time, like she'll start showing me a video, and then all of a sudden, it's so easy to go to the next video. That's the problem. It's well, so you know, easy. I have uh, I, I have another friend of mine who is, uh, uh, you know, into the you know TikTok and stuff like that. I am not. Stay Although away, Randy. He, you know, he showed me a couple of videos, and yes, they are. Some of them are super funny. Yeah, but I'm not on. I don't do TikTok. I'm not on Instagram. I rarely. The only time I've ever on Facebook anymore. And you were the one, I believe, who started me down the uh, Facebook rabbit hole. I apologize. But the only time I get on Facebook is when a, an actual real friend of mine, not a Facebook friend, but right. a friend, you know, that I've known since high school will, you know, you'll get a notification. So-and-so has posted, you know, a photo or whatever, and it'll be a photo of the grandkids or a family or whatever. And right. so I'll go on there and check that out and write a little note. Oh, you know, looks like a fun, you know, yeah. all that kind of stuff. And uh, Twitter, you know, which I, some of it I find extremely useful. Sure. Some of it I find extremely frustrating and just a pack of idiots. And <laughs> yeah, so both are, the, I, both are there. I, yes, yes. But it, it's it just now, social media, I you know, people have called it... Uh, the scourge of our society? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The total uh, dismantling. But anyway, I interrupted totally oh, fine. the story that you were about to tell. Well, no. Here, about so, TikTok. So, so I'm right ahead. Yeah, so I'm watching TikTok, and every once in a while they have, you know, because everyone's getting censored. Well, TikTok hasn't... 
to my knowledge, you don't hear people going, they censored me off of TikTok, although that probably happens too. But there was a guy, a doctor, talking about the vaccine. And, you know, it's TikTok. So I did a little fact checking after the fact. And the most important, I want I want to play this clip and I would love to give credit oh, where credit okay. is due, right. uh, but I can't because in all of my searching, I cannot find who originally did this interview. But this is an interview with a doctor named Peter McCullough, who uh, I think the most important quality of what I'm about to say about this guy is he's still employed. So, you know, a lot of times when they <laughs> do their thing, they discredit yeah. these guys. Right, he yeah. testified in front of the Texas state legislature uh, on stuff about COVID. He's been on a bunch of news channels, uh, not just uh, right-wing conspiracy channels, like okay. a bunch of news channels. And uh, he's talking about the vaccine. For some of you who don't realize this, and the, the audio here, we'll talk a little bit about it, but uh, there's been over 4,000 American deaths that died from the vaccine. Oh, really? Yeah, there's been over 10,000 in Europe die within three days of getting the vaccine. These are not sick people. These are people who die as a result of getting the vaccine. And so this is, uh, you know, we can hear what he has to say about it, but I want to get your your thoughts okay. after you hear this. It's, it's a pretty right. long clip. It's about five minutes. So, uh, you know, our listeners can listen. Of course, you'll listen because you haven't I'll heard just, it. I'll just sit back and sip my whiskey and uh, and we'll listen in here. All right. Well, okay. perfect. So here it is, uh, Dr. Peter McCullough from uh, the TikToks put together so you can hear all the little pieces of it. And then uh, we'll discuss. He, he, well, he'll tell you his credentials. All right, here we go. I'm Dr. Peter McCullough, and I'm an internist and cardiologist and academic physician, professor of medicine at Texas A&M College of Medicine on the Baylor-Dallas campus. I think this whole pandemic from the beginning was about the vaccine. So I think all roads lead to the vaccine and what it means. There are already places in Southeast Asia and Europe, they're laying the groundwork for a compulsory vaccination. I mean compulsory, that means somebody pins you down to the ground and puts a needle in you. That's how bad stakeholders want vaccination. Listen, that's not of cost, you don't have to pay for it, it's all provided. There are people or stakeholders, they do want a needle in every arm. This needle in every arm is a very important um, uh, moniker. Why? Why do you want a needle in an arm? Let's take COVID recovered. Can't get the virus, can't receive it. It has nothing to do. Why would they ever want a needle in the arm of a COVID recovered patient? Why? Three studies show higher safety events. See, the tension that Americans are feeling right now as they're trying to keep their jobs and go to work is they know they can die of the vaccine. That's the problem. If the vaccine was like water, and you just got it, no side effects, who wouldn't take it? Say, hey, I'll, I'll comply. They got my social security number anyway in a database. I'm already marked. I'll just get marked. But no, there's something very unique about this vaccine. It's something about injecting something into, into a body that is so important to, to stakeholders that it doesn't matter. Kids 12 years old told they can make their own decision on this, and it could be their fatal decision. Think about that. North Carolina just passed that. Oh, kids 12 years old can, make, can decide on their own. There are four, over 4,000 dead Americans. There's over 10,000 dead people in Europe that die on days one, two, and three after the vaccine. Why are we pushing this in a way where people's jobs and their education and their livelihood decide on a decision that's potentially fatal? The tension, you can cut it with a knife. There are parents that say, listen, I want my kid to go to college this year, but I don't want to lose them to the vaccine. They know what's going on. The Internet is full of these cases. Blood clots, strokes, immediate death. Now, I'm fortunate. I have not directly lost a patient to the vaccine. I told you, most got vaccinated in January, December, January, February. Based on the safety data now, I can no longer recommend it. I, I can't recommend it. It's past all the thresholds to being a safe product. It's not a safe product. None of them are. It's not just Johnson & Johnson. In fact, more of the safety events in the United States have occurred with Moderna and Pfizer. There are now papers written by prominent scientists calling for a worldwide halt in the program. There are prominent virologists, many of them, including Nobel Prize winners, who have said, listen, if we vaccinate people and we create a very narrow, incomplete library of immunity, which is what the vaccine is, the vaccines are all targeted to the original Wuhan spike protein, which is long gone. That's extinct. Patients are getting vaccinated to something that doesn't even exist anymore. That Wuhan spike protein is gone. 
We're hoping the immunity covers the other variants, but that narrow immunity is a setup. It's just like giving everybody a narrow spectrum antibiotic. If you did that, what would happen? We'd grow up superbugs. There are warnings out there saying, don't do this. Don't vaccinate the entire world. All we're gonna do is set ourselves up for a superbug that's gonna really wipe out populations. So for many reasons, the vaccine, indiscriminate vaccination is a horrendous idea. It's a horrendous bioweapon that's been thrust onto the public and it's gonna cause great personal harm, which it already has. Thousands of people have lost their lives. I've never lost a direct patient, but I've had my patients lose their family members, lots of them. I filled out a safety report on a patient who developed blood clots after one of the Pfizer Moderna vaccine. And I'm telling you, it took half an hour to do it. There was many pages and each page said, warning, federal uh, um, uh, 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 offense, uh, punishable by um, uh, severe fines and penalties if I falsified a report. All those thousands of Americans that have died with the vaccine and hospitalizations in the database, I think are real. And they are far beyond anything we've ever seen. And as a doctor and as a public citizen, I am extraordinarily concerned about the vaccine. The vaccine center right down the street here is empty. I drive past it every day. Americans know they're talking to each other. The vaccine's not safe. And now the effort is the vaccine stakeholders want kids without parental guidance. And now they wanna be in the church. Americans and people worldwide should be extraordinarily alarmed. Wow, yeah. Well, that's uh, that's a little scary. Yeah. And uh, I had not heard those numbers. I hadn't heard even anywhere even close to those numbers as far as deaths in the United States or around the world from the vaccines. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, total uh, uh, um, clarity uh, here, uh, I have not taken the vaccine. Right. Uh, both my kids have. Uh, and have suffered no uh, ill effects or nothing serious. Now, right. you know, they both said their arm were, was a little sore and a bit of a headache, and but that's it. Yeah. My uh, ex-wife also has not uh, taken the vaccine. Yeah. My, uh, I have one son who's taken the vaccine and it was the, John, I think it was the Johnson & Johnson, but maybe not because I think he got two. Is Johnson & Johnson a single shot? A single shot. Okay, so whatever one he took. Moderna he, and Pfizer are two. Yeah, the second, I think this is correct, but it, maybe it was, I don't know. Anyway, he he, he got very sick. He went home and uh, he was uh, about two days worth of sick uh -huh. after, I feel like. I well, I, and I know people who, uh, I, I know people who had the vaccine who uh, really suffered no, Yeah. Uh, nothing. I mean, no, you know, it was like, uh, you know, I, geez, I, I don't know. I haven't had a headache. Well, I haven't felt bad. I haven't had. Right. And those and numbers, though. Had mild, uh, uh, right. you know, uh, effects. And uh, and then I, uh, I mean, you know, you're, you're hearing about people who've had a lot of, of bad reactions. Sure. My brother uh, has taken the vaccine. He works for the Baylor Scott and White Hospital System down in uh, the Metro, DFW Metroplex. Right. And he said he felt a little tired more so after the second shot. He had the the uh, Pfizer uh, shot. Yeah. More so after the second shot than the, than the first shot. But other than that, uh, he did not have any, you know, ill effects. Never got felt really bad or anything, you know, like that. Right. Well, your brother would be able to go talk to Dr. Peter McCullough because his office is uh, north of Deep Ellum. So Dallas Metroplex. Yeah. I mean, he's close. Yeah. Deep, yeah. Sure. You know. he, well, Deep Ellum's in Dallas and he's over in Fort Worth, but yeah. yes. I mean, close enough. Yeah. They're, also, only, uh, they're also. probably about 30 <laughs> miles apart, yeah. uh, which depending upon the time of day, could be an all day right. trip. What I find interesting so. is looking at the map at where he's located, which is the uh, at Johnson Hospital. Uh, to the north is Dallas Theological Seminary and to the south is Pole Dance Parties Dallas. So that's interesting. Um, <laughs> just hey it is what it is also t t uh, terry black's barbecue which if you haven't been there oh, uh, that's there. really good too yeah, yeah. but yeah. uh now here's a couple things that i find interesting about the whole deal you know going back to i did have a good friend whose father who was in his 80s was uh told by his cardiologist you should get the vaccine so he went and got the vaccine he got the first shot of two um was in the hospital no he didn't go to the ho uh, like stay in the hospital but he had to go to an emergency room at least five times after that first shot over the course of three weeks four weeks 
and he had blood pressure issues. I mean, you name it, inability to eat. He had obstructions. I mean, all sorts of things went south on him. He has since recovered from all that. But, you know, the, the thing is, you know, I think his point is why. And, I, and this is, to me, the biggest point of the whole video, people who've had COVID, why do you want them to get the shot? Yeah, I, I don't... I. I don't know. Because even the American uh, Red Cross will not accept, so and you probably know this or maybe you don't, but uh, people who had COVID were able to donate their plasma to help COVID patients. Right. But if you have the vaccine, you cannot do that. Really? Yes. The American Red Cross, you can donate blood, but you cannot donate, uh, what I don't remember what they call it, but the plasma to help those patients. Right. right. The vax, if you've been vaccinated, you cannot do that. Huh. Right. So this is, and that's, they just go look it up, right? And then another thing that just recently happened, Facebook lifts its ban on posts stating that COVID-19 was man-made. I I saw that and I believe Twitter's done that. I think Twitter's done the same thing. And you know what? I've always found this interesting. Why people, and I'm so disgusted with journalism today. It's not even journalism. No, you know it's political. <laughs> it's my hacks. opinion, yeah. it's uh, you know. Well, it's not not even that really. You know, because to, to my way of thinking, if the choice was well, it either came from a lab where they were doing experiments on viruses, or it uh, you know came naturally. Somebody ate an infected bat, or you know whatever. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Well, so um, so where were these uh, these bats who had this kind of thing? Uh, you know, where where are they from? You know, where are they from? Where's their habitat or whatever? Okay, and we'll say <laughs> Albuquerque. Let's say that it's it, not nah, we're in China, yeah. but I said okay. So where's this lab? It's in Wuhan, China. <laughs> right. Well, who had the first? Uh, do we know kind of who came down? Where were they? Wuhan, Wuhan. China. Mm-hmm. So you're telling me that the only bats that you know of that carry this naturally are in Albuquerque, but people in Wuhan... And for clarification, they're not in Albuquerque. Yeah, they're not in Albuquerque. They're, they're from in, China. They're from China, but from a, thousand a, a miles place away. about a thousand miles away from right. Wuhan. And when you look at that, if you look at it logically... Yes, with some amount of critical thinking and objectivity. Even... <laughs> very little uh, critical thinking right you're just going okay well the bats that naturally carry it are a thousand (laughs) miles away from the people who were the first to get the virus yeah who were a lot closer than a thousand miles to this virology lab who's conducting experiments on this type of virus and not just well, that randy not just that and not only that but th- that particular lab had some security issues oh yeah and had all kinds of problems well but here's the other thing and i think this can't be <laughs> overlooked viruses don't tip that takes a mutation to jump species so on top of everything else you would have to have that mutation exist going from that bat to the human. But what exactly was the kind of research that they were doing at the Wuhan Institute of Virology, but gain of function research, which specific goal was to get this virus to jump from bats to humans. (laughs) And we've now now discovered that uh, three people who worked in that lab got sick, sick enough to go to a hospital. But no, 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 and, no, no, no. We got to block that. We got to yeah. censor that. That and can't so, be right. You know, the, the thing is that really, that really I find just shocking in a, in a way that, you know, nobody, they just immediately dismissed it as a possibility. Yeah. Oh, there's no, ah, no way that, ah, no way that could happen. That it was, right. the, it had to be natural. I mean, there's just no way that was, I'm <laughs> like, really? You're not even going to look at it? Well, no, I'm not going to look at it. It's impossible. Right. No, no way. That's xenophobic. And yes. Yeah. And that's what, and, and you know, finally, the other day, Jonathan Carl with ABC News was on, you know, one of their Sunday shows, I guess, or whatever. 
and he was White House correspondent for most of the Trump uh, years. And he basically said that he kind of fell on his sword uh, for the rest of the media where he basically said, we just were so accustomed to Trump saying wild uh, things that he lied about so many that of course I'm thinking, well, in your opinion, he's lying. I right. mean, you know, that they just didn't even consider because they, they were basically, you know, the old, if his lips are moving, he's lying. So even though he's the president of the United States yeah. and the secretary of state, Mike Pompeo, and others within the administration said, you know, <clears throat> we believe that there is, you know, they dismissed all of that. Mm -hmm. And I'm thinking, well, just exactly how much Chinese money are you people taking? Yeah. Because it is clear that, you know, they have kowtowed to the Chinese Communist Party in this whole situation. Oh, yeah. And finally, finally now they're beginning to think like Jonathan Carl said we're finally now beginning to think that this it may actually have happened that way that it was from the lab and I'm like you're a freaking idiot yeah you know to to have dismissed that because in my opinion and I think the opinion of many others now that the most the most logical explanation is that it leaked from that lab well yes and I, whether that actually happened or not, I don't know for sure, but it, that's certainly the most logical explanation, considering the type of research they're doing, considering that some of their people got sick, and considering that the natural source of the bats is a thousand miles away. Yeah. Well, and that's, I mean, this is the world we live in today, Randy. I mean, so you can't you can't trust politicians we we have i mean and, and we're we're out of time but so i like opening this can of worms for next week i guess but you you look at uh, arizona's uh, audit of the election and i don't know what the uh what it's found at this point but um several news agencies i'm going to read this headline out of yahoo news but vanity fair reports on it different ones yesterday and i read Trump has reportedly been telling people he'll be be reinstated by August. Now, again, this is being wildly while widely reported. Uh, the beginning of this article says after former President Donald Trump's first national security advisor Michael Flynn appeared to express support for a coup in the United States, the New York Times' Maggie Haberman reports Trump himself has been baselessly asserting he will be back in the White House this year, and something to go along with this unrelated well related but unrelated 17 of trump's aides are still on the government payroll um for the same amounts of money they were making with trump huh. right, well, and, that's interesting. but i will yeah. tell you this that um that new york times reporter yeah. little miss maggie yeah uh, she has lied and oh, yeah. lied and lied and lied and lied. I mean, it is, uh, to somebody who actually was trained old school journalism, uh, it is disgusting yeah. some of the things she's put on there. So if she's saying what she is <laughs> saying there, yeah, uh, I would almost guarantee you that that will not happen. Yeah, well, here's the funny part, because this is a beautiful example of how the news cycle works for those who don't realize it. The New York Times, Maggie, who you just, you know, just basically said she's worthless um, as a journalist. She's probably a fine young lady. Make, a, make somebody a great spouse maybe maybe, maybe. i don't uh, know but she she does this right i'm staring at a google search just and, and you guys do this trump back in office in august just do a google search you're going to find vanity fair you're going to see news at yahoo uh charlotte observer business insider forbes salon okay uh all of those and if you look at the top heading every single one says according to new york times correspondent so none of them are doing their own journalism. They're no, just no, none of them no. are doing their own journalism they're, ever. <laughs> no, they're just saying, "Hey, this is what Maggie said, well, guys." See, here, and, and, then, and now and, it's obviously you know gives it more validity because right, it's on all those sources. Right. Well, I, you know, and then you'll you know there will be a well, let's say Maggie 
because uh, I'm, I'm sure she did, you know, and some of the Russian collusion things, right. she was all, all over that and some of the various other things. You know, she would say anonymous White House source says <laughs> right. yada yada. And then you'd have some idiot from ABC. ABC News can confirm through anonymous sources the Maggie story on the New York Times. Then some idiot from NBC. We also can confirm that. You know what I'm like? How can you confirm something from an anonymous source? <laughs> yeah. All right? Yeah. I mean, you don't really know who that, and, and of course, most of the time, the anonymous source was uh, Maggie. Right. And uh, so, because she was clearly, some of the stuff she was right, you know, in this whole, you know, New York Times 1619 project that they want, yeah. got a Pulitzer Prize for, well, now the New York Times has come back and redacted or, you know, has apologized and retracted a lot of that stuff. I think they right. still have their Pulitzer. Yeah, they don't for, take those you know, away, for apparently. stuff that's totally made up. Yeah. I mean, it's almost great journalism no, <laughs> journalism in 2020 I would say it's almost unbelievable based on my experience <laughs> but it's really believable yeah sad uh, yes all right that'll do it uh, for this wednesday we'll be back uh, next uh, wednesday hopefully unless the aliens come and snatch us uh, I'm Randy Renner. And I'm Jeremy Griffin. Or unless somebody like Maggie Haberman pulls the plug on us. That's right. And uh, have a great rest of the week. We'll talk to you again next time on another edition of Scatter Shooting.